0: It's All Access with LMU Baseball Head Coach Nathan Choate. I'm your host, Jonathan Grace. Each week, Coach Choate will take Lions behind the scenes with the LMU Baseball program, talk about page magic, and upcoming events with the team. Coach, it's great to have you with us.
1: Thanks for having us, Jonathan.
0: Today, we have a special guest on the podcast, LMU pitcher Matt McClure. Matt, thank you so much for joining us as well.
2: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: LMU Athletics would like to thank University Credit Union for bringing you today's episode of All Access. University Credit Union is a proud supporter of the Lions family. You can visit your local University Credit Union at ucu.org. The Lions are just wrapping up a successful series against the University of Utah. LMU went 3-0 at home in Page Stadium against the Utes. Sunday's matchup featured a debut start from freshman pitcher Matt McClure. Today, we'll be talking to him and Coach Choate about starting on the mound as a freshman, preparing for a doubleheader against Washington, and what it takes to pick guys up out of a slump. All that and more on today's episode of All Access. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Coach Choate and Matt McClure. We've got a lot to talk about today, so we'll jump right in. Uh, Coach, I want to start with you. Three straight wins at home against Utah. What did it take to get your first clean sweep of the season?
1: I thought we played pretty good baseball weekend. We got three quality starts, um, one by C.J. Fernandez, one by Jimmy Galicia, and then obviously one by Matt McClure. Offensively, we scored first in all three games, which I thought was was key. It put some pressure on them. but uh, yeah, I thought we played good baseball all weekend.
0: I definitely want to talk about that scoring. You mentioned that in, in all three games, you guys scored first, and you guys had four home runs over the three-game series as well. What did it take to warm up the bats so quickly and, and forgive the pun, but come out swinging?
1: You know, I, I think uh, the guys had a good week of, of work, you know, and it's not like all of a sudden you try to hit home runs. I mean, it, basically, you're looking for mistakes, and you're trying to put a good swing on a, on a ball, and they threw some balls up in the zone, and our guys made them pay, and so Um, sometimes they come in bunches, sometimes they don't, they just happen to come at the right time and early in games this week.
0: Defensive wise, uh, the, the pitching for the mound looked really, really strong all weekend. What did it take to get, you know, so many pitchers pitching at the level that they were
1: right now? We have a competitive group and guys are kind of fighting for innings and and there's a bunch of guys that are very capable of pitching. And there's not a lot of opportunities, so I think the guys when they're going out there, they're they're fighting for those innings and, and showcasing what they can do. Um, and then our defense has has really played well. Um, you know, I don't really look at defense as far as errors and not errors. I look at defense about making plays, and and we're really making some good plays right now. So.
0: Absolutely. You know, I want to return to pitching in in just a moment, but first I want to talk about double plays. You guys had more double plays against Utah than I think I'm used to seeing in a 3-game series from LMU. Is this a little bit of a change in strategy and you know, are those quick putaways something that has been focused on in practice?
1: You know, it it is something that's part of our defense, is the ability to turn two. Um it starts with making a quality pitch down in the zone and getting a ground ball. Um we have 7 double plays in 7 games. We're in the top 20 in the country in double plays, so um, sometimes you don't always have the opportunity to turn double plays, but when you get those opportunities, you need to take advantage of them. We actually probably should have had eight. We had one, a ground ball back to Jimmy um, that we didn't turn a double play on, but uh, you know, seven we'll take it. And, and when we when we're given the opportunity to turn two and get some momentum, we need to go ahead and do it.
0: Not too shabby of a start defensively, for sure, to be one of the top teams in the country in that category. Uh, and Matt, I want to turn to you now. You got your first collegiate start on Sunday. Just talk to us for a second about how was that? How was that to get your first start in college in just the third game that you had played in?
2: Um, It was awesome. I mean, it's a great experience, obviously, getting on the mound in college. It's the first start in almost a year for me, so I mean, it's good to get back out there and just throw. I mean, it was awesome. A little jittery at first, uh, first shooting, a little nervous, but after that kind of settled down, it was awesome.
0: Well, you, you pitched for six innings, struck out six batters, and you definitely started to to get into a rhythm up there on the mound. And I want to know a little bit more about that from your perspective. Talk us through what it's like to start to sink into that rhythm. Can you feel yourself start to settle in, or does it kind of just happen in the background?
2: Um, yeah, I can usually feel for when I start thinking of the rhythm. It's usually about like the second, third, fourth inning for me when I kind of settle down and you know kind of take that deep breath and stuff a lot of it was uh my catcher alec cargan did a really good job behind the plate kind of just telling you know calm down you're okay you got this just keep executing your pitches and you'll you'll get them out and yeah so a lot of it was alec kind of just helped me through that
0: i want to build on that point for a second because you know we know obviously in the college game and in the program as well the pitcher catcher relationship is something that's so important what was that like you know kind of working with alec and getting that rhythm going over the course of six innings
2: I mean, yeah, like I said, Cargan very experienced, been playing for a while. And in between, he's come over and talk to me, like, hey, you're doing great. Just keep executing your pitches, keep being confident. And like I said, he was a big reason for why I was able to kind of, like I said, take that deep breath, find my rhythm, settle down, and just execute my pitches. Without him, I mean, I, who knows what would happen.
0: Well, when you start to settle in and, and kind of sink into that rhythm, what's your approach to each batter? You know, how do you go about dissecting each at bat?
2: Um, just attack, be confident when I'm throwing, execute my pitches and just have full like content and like effort behind my pitch and just hundred percent confidence known. If I execute my pitch, my stuff, like I'm going to get them out my stuff's better than theirs and just full confidence in whatever pitch is called.
0: And I want to hear about this next question from Matt, both from you and from coach Choate. What is that conversation like between pitcher and coach Nathan Choate? Obviously your, your specialty is, is in pitching, you know, what is, what is that conversation like between you and the pitcher in the middle of a game?
1: Matt,
2: I'll let you go ahead and,
1: and, and have a first
2: crack at it. Um, well, yesterday, I mean, yesterday, it wasn't much talk of what to throw during the game. It's more so that's more like during preparation kind of bullpen, I feel like what well, we're going to like kind of attack with. And really kind of the same thing I said, just kind of communicating with how I'm feeling, how, what pitches are working for me, and just being confident in what I'm throwing. And when I'm confident what I'm throwing, that's the best pitch to throw.
0: And, Coach, I'll I'll toss the same question to you.
2: That's that's a great answer. I was actually
1: interested to see what he was going to say. You know, the right pitch is the pitch that he throws with conviction, right? The the pitch that he has the most confidence in. Um, Obviously, we talk about, you know, different hitters and those types of things. But at the end of the day, we want to call pitches that he wants to throw, right? And and we're going to throw his best pitches, his strengths against, even if it's the hitter's strengths, we're going to go our strengths on their strengths. And so. Um, at the end of the day, we try to simplify it as po- as much as we possibly can and get him in a rhythm and get him the signs as quick as we can so he can just go and attack the strike zone.
0: And Matt, how would you describe that style? You, do you have any preferences, you know, pitches that you're particularly fond of as a pitcher?
2: Um, I like to talk with fastball. I definitely enjoy throwing the fastball more than anything. I like to attack with that. I'm comfortable throwing any count. And like you said, I'm comfortable in throwing Like I throw the conviction. I'm comfortable throwing it, whether the hitter can hit it or not. I have The confidence that if I execute my pitch, it's going to beat him, so yeah, I'm definitely a fastball guy.
0: Do you find that your approach changes based on who you're going up against? If this is someone that you've seen maybe in the scouting report or in the film room,
2: uh, how do you adapt to each batter? Um, a little bit, I think, not too much. Like I said, like we were talking about earlier, the right but like the best pitch to throw for me is the pitch I want to throw and the pitch I have my full confidence behind. So if we've got a report and a guy, you know, he can't hit not can't hit a slider. Not good on the off speeder. He's more off speed. Can't catch up to like a fastball. We can mix depending on that. But like I said, it's just whatever I feel comfortable with and have full confidence and conviction behind. That's the pitch I want to throw.
0: So, Coach, I want to turn back to you for uh, another minute talking about um, that three-game series against the University of Utah. As we mentioned, four home runs, two apiece in the first two games. We talked a little bit about what it took to warm up the bats, and you said, you know, it's not always that home runs kind of fall right away. But was there anything different that that some of these younger guys did to to really knock it out of the park?
1: Uh, They probably wouldn't like me saying this, but the wind was blowing out a little bit to to right. Um, I don't want to take any credit away from them, but the wind was blowing out a little bit. But, you know, all of those... All of those balls, I think, would have probably left the yard. You know, Diego's opposite field home run on Friday night to right center at night. Um, I don't know if I've seen that at page. And then Cargan went home run opposite field to, to left field back to back. So, you know, I, yeah, I think those guys just got some, some pitches up in the zones and, and it took a good pass on them and, and drove the ball.
0: A lot of these younger guys seeming to, to hit really well right away. I mean, obviously, I know Diego had a home run as well, but Cargan and Baccaro back-to-back, back, uh, that, that's pretty special to see, especially from two young guys.
1: Yeah, you know, hitting is contagious, and, and playing good baseball is contagious. And so, you know, obviously, it gave us a lot of momentum early and, and some excitement in the dugout. You know, our guys were going crazy. So, you know, anytime we can hit a, hit a couple home runs early, no one's going to complain.
0: We've talked a little bit in past episodes about the energy on this team and the level of energy and, and how much excitement there is in the dugout. It seems like that's certainly been elevated from past seasons with this team. Is that something that you guys place an extra emphasis on in terms of hyping each other up during the game?
1: Um, you know, I think honestly, more than anything, it's just about perspective. You know, these guys not have not played in a long time. And and obviously with the COVID stuff, you know, you could not be playing the following weekend. So I think they're doing a great job pouring themselves into the moment and into the game and pulling for one another. And I think, you know, it's, it's 11 months of frustration let, let out on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday where it's just everybody's just pulling for each other and excited to be playing baseball again.
0: Well, Matt, I kind of want to switch gears and and talk to you again for a second. You mentioned that it was your first start in in a little over a year, Um, obviously, you know, with COVID delays and things like that and coming out of high school. How was it trying to adjust to the college game and get back into the rhythm uh, and and to get that first start at the collegiate level?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, it took a while off from throwing. It's been a while since I've had a start. So it was, I mean, obviously adjustment. Um, I learned throughout the fall that college baseball is different than high school baseball. Um, College hitters do not miss mistakes um sometimes high school leaders do college leaders do not I learned that kind of the hard way over the fall a little bit so yeah it's kind of just a lot of what coach show and I talked about a lot for me it's sometimes it's flushing the last pitch whether I walk someone gave a hit or something and just kind of resetting myself finding my focal point and then coming back in and focusing on the next pitch, next pitch rather than kind of letting that one pitch like drag me like kind of drag on me so just kind of focusing on the next next pitch and like staying forward is the thing for me
0: so obviously the the game against Utah wasn't the first time you had, had played in the season, but you know it was the first time that you had played six straight innings. You know you had you had appearances against SC and against UCLA as well. You know what was it like adapting between those shorter two inning stints and all the way to that long six inning stint when you got the start?
2: Um, for me, I wasn't really focusing on how long I was going to go in the game. Like I said, I kind of just focused on every ba- every hitter, every batter, just kind of getting the next one, next guy out. I wasn't really kind of trying to change my like how I attack hitters based off, you know, cause I'm starting out like, or I'm coming out of the bullpen. So for me, it was just kind of the same mentality, like just attacking hitters with all I got and just getting that, keep getting that guys out.
0: So we had Diego on the podcast last week and he talked a little bit about adapting from the style of play in high school to the style of play in college. And the big thing he mentioned was the pace of play in, in the college game. And you talked a little bit about, you know, how batters in college don't really miss mistakes. They'll capitalize on it and hurt you. What in your opinion has been the biggest shift coming into the college game out of high school?
2: For me, let me think. For me, college players are a lot more intel like intelligent, like backside runners, backside bases. Runners are a lot more intelligent. Hitters are a lot more intelligent. They know they have a set plan. Like hitters are gonna like attack mistakes, like I said, and they have a set plan of what they're trying to do. Uh hitters are a lot, they're tougher to get out, obviously, at the college level. Um for me though, I feel like over the fall, coach all the coaches did a great job like preparing us for kind of like I said, the games and the collision level. So for me, I feel like I've been doing this for a while. So it's not too much of a change.
0: Do you feel like that maybe was an unintended benefit of the longer off season is just kind of the prep time to get that adjustment and feel more solid and ready for your first game?
2: Yeah, I think for sure. The longer off season definitely helped with that. We had a lot of Zoom calls over the summer, kind of going over stuff and what like we we're gonna do for the fall. Like I said, yeah, we we played a lot in fall scrimmage, a ton, and so that obviously helped me get ready.
0: I'll open this question up to both of you guys, but looking ahead, obviously, congrats on the on the series, three straight home wins in Page Stadium against the University of Utah, uh, big success against another good Pac-12 team. You guys have Washington coming up, and it's going to be a four-game series on the road. Uh, what are you guys doing to prepare for this, specifically for that doubleheader on Friday?
1: Well, tomorrow. We have training, and so that's honestly what I'm the most concerned about. Um, there's some things with our PFPs and, and some bunt stuff that we need to, on the defensive side, we need to clean up. So we will address that, and we're going to scrimmage tomorrow. Um, and then we obviously have Wednesday to train as well, and then Thursday we get on a plane. So, you know, we're not going to change much of what our normal routine is. Um, there are some things that we need to clean up. You know, we've played good baseball, but not, you know, there's still a ton of areas that we need to improve to become a great team. Um, So that's really the focus is us continuing to get better every single day. And then, you know, we'll deal with Friday when Friday gets here.
0: What are those, some of those specific things, if you don't mind that you guys are looking to, to kind of adjust or clean up before you hit the road against Washington?
1: Yeah, we're still making a couple base running mistakes. Um, And then on the mound, we've had an opportunity to to turn some double plays, you know, with with Jimmy, he got a comeback and he went to third where he should have gone to second. Um, There was a bunt last week where we didn't get an out on that play on a safety play. And so, There's just some things that I need to do. I'd love to blame the pitching coach. Unfortunately, I am the pitching coach. So um, (laughs) I'm kind of speaking to myself. There's some things as as a pitching staff that we need to really work on and defensively. And then all the way around, you know, some guys are in a little bit of a funk offensively, which will tighten up the swings. I know Coach Curtis and Coach Asaro and Coach Erickson um, have a plan for those guys this week. And then our overall team defense continue to improve on that.
0: Well, I kind of want to talk about that because it can be so hard, uh, I would imagine, as an athlete. Obviously, I'm not an athlete myself. You know, when a player gets into a slump, some guys and some girls are better adapting to it than others, and some kind of stay in that slump. How do you, as a head coach, approach someone uh, that's that's in that slump? What do you tell them?
1: Well, sometimes you have to wait till they hit rock bottom. You know, different players are, are, have a different mindset and temperament, and, and some guys, you know, they get frustrated. They don't want to hear it. They're stubborn, and then finally, when guys really hit rock bottom, they're willing to listen and and make some changes. So it just depends on where they're at and their whole, you know, and their whole struggle. Um, But, you know, I think identifying what type of player it is, what he needs to work on. And I think the biggest thing is to keep it in perspective. Everybody goes through a a stretch where you struggle. Everybody. In life, that's one of the things I love about baseball. It's like life. You know, you go, you get into a rut, and eventually you're going to come out of it so just coming to work every single day, come getting get your work in, getting your early work in, staying positive, having the right mindset, and eventually you're going to get out of it. Doesn't feel like it at the time, but eventually you will get out of it.
0: And Matt, I'll kick the same question over to you. How, how do you as a teammate handle one of those situations?
2: Yeah, it's obviously tough when you see a guy going through a slump because like Coach said, like, they feel like it's just going to go on forever and ever and never gonna get out of it. Um, like you said, they're going to get out of it at some point. Um, sometimes you gotta tell you like, Hey, you're here for a reason. I know you're struggling, but you're here for a reason. There's a reason the coaches want you here. There's a reason you're still here. Like you're a good player. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of a mental battle slumps. A lot of the times are just fighting yourself mentally. And, uh, for me personally, like I said, it just kind of telling myself, like I'm here for a reason, like I'm going to get out of it. Eventually I'll, I'll work out of it. And yeah, it's, it's just trying to stay positive as much as you can.
0: So, Coach, you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast some of the competition in the bullpen. Obviously, you have a very deep bullpen, a lot of really talented guys, a lot of really talented young guys. And so, I want to ask again, both you and and Matt, what is that competition like? What is that competitive mindset? Do you feel like it's more you guys are pushing each other to be better, or you're fighting for those slots? You know, I think
1: it's I think it's both. I mean, you know those guys are pushing each other to get better. You know, I think we have a really good team culture and our chemistry is good. So, I think guys are. Genuinely pulling for each other, but at the same time, guys want to play, right? And, and they want to get out there and they want to help contribute. And you know, I look at like Sean Paquette. Sean started on Sundays last year for us, and he hasn't pitched yet. Seven games in, and he's been a great teammate. and And I know he's itching and, and ready to get in there. He's going to get his opportunity. Um, you know, Logan Hurd, who's a freshman, came in with the bases loaded against USC and struck out the side, and hasn't pitched again yet. And so it's just kind of preaching some patience and continuing to work hard. And when your opportunity comes to help us in a role, which it will, they just, it, it's it's easy to say it's hard to do, but get those guys to continue to work hard and be prepared. So when their opportunity does present itself, they're ready. Right. And, and like I said, it's easy to say it's more difficult to do. And so I give those guys a lot of credit because they're continuing to be good teammates and continuing to work hard. And I'm looking forward to when the game rewards them here down the road.
0: Do you think it's a little bit tougher specifically with a condensed season and with so many you know, talented pitchers, all these guys have a lot of raw talent or they wouldn't be in the position they're in. But do you think the shortened season makes that a little bit harder in terms of waiting to get those minutes? Yeah, I think for
1: maybe somebody that that has played in a typical division one season, right? Like we don't play on Tuesday this week. And so there probably aren't quite as many opportunities as they have been in the past. Um, But at the same time, they know if they've gone through a full season, they understand that guys get hurt, guys get sick, guys, you know, Um, sprain an ankle, whatever it may be, and different guys slide into different roles. I mean, Matt, for instance, didn't start the season in in the rotation. Will Grimm did. Will came up a little banged up with his arm. He's a little sore, so we shut him down just to give him, as a precautionary reason, give Matt the start, and Matt gets an opportunity, right? And so that constantly happens throughout the season. So just getting guys to to keep things in perspective, have a good mindset, and and be prepared when their opportunity presents itself.
0: And Matt, I'll kinda of ask you the same question, just about the competition in the team. do you feel it's more like you guys are pushing each other or it's all kind of, you know, jostling for a position?
2: Uh like Coach said, I think it's kind of both. Obviously, I'm having experience with it right now. Um, obviously I think like I see guys throwing well and they're pushing me to get better and they like see me and I'm pushing them to get better. And yeah, like everybody wants to throw. We're here to play. And so yeah, everybody kind of fighting for innings. But I think a big thing was what Coach said is like, even if we're not throwing, everybody's pulling on the same side of the rope. Like we're all Had each other's backs. We're all ready. And then I think the biggest thing, at least from what I think, is that um, when you get out your opportunity, like you said, got to be prepared, got to be ready, and then just got to be ready to take it. Like if you get an opportunity to throw, just go out there and compete and execute your pitches and just try to run with your opportunity.
0: What's that relationship like in the bullpen between some of these, you know, older, more experienced pitchers? I think of you know CJ or Josh, uh, and some guys like you, maybe Will Grimm yourself. There's a whole whole load of of young pitchers this year. What's that relationship like? Is it more mentoring? Is it more, you know, you guys are kind of all on the the same footing, or you know, what what does that look like?
2: Uh, all the older guys and I mean the pitchers have been awesome. CJ's done a great job, kind of taking it like us under his wing, been there for us all throughout the fall, and all through now. CJ's been a great like kind of leader of the pitcher so far. Agnew has been great. Um, Sean Paquette, like coach mentioned, Sean's been awesome for me, he's helped me a lot. And all the other guys, I mean, Holden, Critchett, Sean, CJ, all those guys have just been great influences. All like, they're all so excited for us to go in and throw and they're all kind of helping us through some stuff if we mess up. I mean, they're all awesome, they're all great.
0: So we asked Diego this question last week, and I'm going to ask you the same one. Do you as a player have any goals, long-term goals for this season and by extension for your time at LMU? Uh,
2: this season, I just, I, I want to win. I, if it means i pitch pitching, it means I'm not. I just want the team to win. I want to go to Omaha. I want to win some, I want to win a lot of games. And I just want to, I want to have a lot of fun. Baseball's a ton of fun. It's been a long time since we've been playing. So I just want to take advantage of being out there on the field every day, practicing with my teammates and the coaches and just take advantage of what I can. And yeah, I want to win a lot of games. And if that means I'm pitching great, if it means I'm on the bench pulling for my guys, it's great too.
0: Well, Coach, we've heard that mindset of, of winning kind of echoed from yourself. Um, you know, we heard it from Diego a lot too. How much does it mean to have these young guys coming right out of high school already with that fire and, and that willingness to put in the work to get the results?
1: I think it speaks volumes about our returning players and the culture that they have built. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about our younger players, and we have good younger players, but we have good returning players too. And I think they have done such a great job of embracing the new players into our program and showing them how we do things. and I think that gets overlooked at times. and so I you know I just I, I look up and down the lineup and in the dugout and some of those older guys, the things that they're doing, whether it's being they're unselfish or you know just embracing someone else helping someone else that that is the the strength of the program and the strength of the culture and I think that older player leadership they deserve a ton of credit for, what you're hearing guys like Diego and Matt speak about because that's what they're about. Like that's, that's real. That's not what we want them to be about. That's what their teammates want them to be about. And that's way more powerful than me and my coaching staff. What we want, um, you know, when it's echoed by the players and the players are pushing it, then you got a chance to do something pretty special.
0: Well, let's turn to, to some of those older guys for a moment, because obviously we, we talk a lot about leadership from the coaching side. But as you just mentioned, there's a lot of leadership that comes from more experienced veteran players, whether it's their second year or their fourth year with the program. Matt, I'll ask you this too, but, but coach, I'll start with you. What does that leadership structure look like from them? You know, And how much do you as a head coach rely on them to kind of pick up and lead the younger guys?
1: Well, I think your best player's need to be your best leaders in order for you to have a special team and so even guys like Julian Burry who's new to the program right he's a fifth year senior he's about the right things he's embraced what we're trying to do guys look up to him he's about the right stuff Alec Hargan's more of a quiet leader um, but also fifth year senior we have Kenny Oyama Uh, Josh Agnew who got back in the mix it was awesome having back him back on the mound Um, CJ Fernandez who's a quiet leader Alex Burge like i said kenny oyama ben grunberg who had a couple hit by pitches this weekend that were huge he does everything right if you watch him in batting practice dylan dennis um, who's only a sophomore but dylan is about the right things i thought he had a great weekend played tremendous defense um, just grinder at bats just great to see and so i i think you have just looked up and down the roster and the guys that are here are embracing the younger guys and it's not just one or two guys. It's, it's everybody, like Matt said earlier, pulling on the same end of the rope. Um, now, the key is when we hit, continue to hit some adversity, like we've talked about in the past, can we continue to do that and stay positive and just stay the course and, and keep working? But um, I'm proud of, you know, obviously the younger guys, but I'm just equally as proud, if not more proud, of the returners for how they've embraced those guys and, and kind of the foundation they've left for them.
0: Well, Matt, uh, Coach just mentioned, you know, some guys with different leadership styles, some guys like CJ and Cargan and, uh, are a little bit more quiet leaders, and some guys are a little bit more loud and vocal. How is it as a younger guy to have a, a mixture of different leadership styles coming from the older players?
2: Uh, I think it's great, because obviously, there's different types of players and different types of people respond to different type of leadership. Uh, like you said, Julian, Julian's awesome. He's a very one of the most vocal guys you got on the team. He's always high energy, always like flying around and stuff. I mean, great guy great leader he's always got our backs and stuff uh cj actually he mentioned cj cj's quiet as like around the team as a whole but if you, i mean cj's great like one-on-one talking to him he's a great leader cj's been a really big influence for me i've gotten a lot of like knowledge and kind of just confidence from cj cj's been great and uh same thing with Cargan, like i mentioned earlier cargan has been a, a tremendous help for all the young pitchers and the young catchers we got two young catchers that cargan has been a bit helpful like big help for as well and i mean Cargan's been great behind the plate. Just kind of that steady steady guy behind the plate will always have to kind of calm everybody down.
0: Well, before we let you guys go, I just want to return briefly to to talking about the upcoming series against Washington. And again, as we mentioned in the past, uh, two straight games on Friday. Coach, how are you guys going about preparing and and balancing, not only putting your best foot forward on the mound, uh, but also preserving some of those arms?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think... Like I said, we're going to scrimmage tomorrow and, um, you know, get those guys out to face live hitters so that they're prepared. We need to be prepared for wet weather on on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That means guys could go three or four innings. All of a sudden the game gets halted for an hour. Somebody else gets another opportunity because he's been sitting for too long. So there's going to be some different things that we haven't had to deal with yet that we need to be prepared for mentally um, so when those things do happen that we're not caught off guard, right? So having those pitchers prepared this weekend – you don't know. Maybe you only go two innings and then it rains for an hour and a half and then the next guy goes. And And so just dealing with the stoppage that could happen with some of the wet weather up in
2: Washington.
0: And Matt, what are you looking at from your side in terms of preparation for, for those four games in three days?
2: Um, Having a good week of catch starting tomorrow, kind of honing my catch, honing my mechanics, have a good week of catch and just mentally prepare myself for the weekend it's gonna be a good great weekend a lot of good games and I'm, I'm excited
0: well gentlemen thank you so much for joining us today Matt thanks so much for for joining us on the podcast it was really exciting to see you get that start against Utah can't wait to see you throw it against Washington coach as always thank you so much for joining us as well
1: appreciate it and shout out to the softball team for their sweep this weekend as well awesome to see
0: if you want to stay up to date with all things LMU baseball you can follow at LMU Lions BSB on Instagram and Twitter to see what the Lions are up to this season You can also get an exclusive look into the LMU baseball program by listening in right here on 88.9 FM KXLU each Tuesday at 6 p.m. Or by visiting LMULions.com slash podcasts to relive each episode anytime. Before we sign off, we'd like to say a huge thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Thank you to our LMU baseball program and to head coach Nathan Choate for allowing us to bring you this podcast each week. And a huge thank you to Matt McClure for joining us this time. We can't wait to see a pitch against Washington. Our KXLU station manager is Lydia Amaso and our executive producers are Mike and Alexis Harris. And Lions, thank you for joining us for all access with Nathan Choate. Join us next week as head coach Nathan Choate continues to take you behind the scenes with the LMU baseball program. Until next time, I've been your host, Jonathan Grace. Have a great week, and go Lions!